0: it is conceivable we could still have coins in circulation with the queen on him on and whoever the next person is well the next person will be william Orner or harry i get them mixed up they're they're, in, they're interchangeable like, i mean it's the bald one it's
1: yeah, not him. like it's not like charles is a young man no and you know who says he's going to list as long as his, his, his mother did
0: yeah you know he he's could said, conceivably peel really, over I'm tomorrow king i See that would have been, but it would be hysterical if he doesn't make it to his coronation. Oh my god, (laughs) that Hmm. would be quite amusing. Um,
1: Or if a second
0: Charles steps up, the schizoid, (laughs) (laughs) and we have a schizoid Charles, schizoid king, the schizoid king. Where am I?
2: The Voyager cast. Who are you? The second in command. What do you want? to cover every iteration of Star Trek.
0: I will not watch Voyager, Enterprise, Picard, Lower Decks, Prodigy, or Discovery. My life is my own.
2: By hook or by crook, you will.
0: I am not a prisoner of your podcast whims!
2: Alright, you want to do the prisoner?
0: Alright then. The Village People, an exploration of the prison. With Paul Spataro, Dave Pasquarella, Bill Robinson, and Andrew Lamb. Hello everybody and welcome to the Village Idiots. Are we the village idiots? No, we're the village people. We're whatever. Well, we're, we're both. We, we can be both. We're we're quite easy. We're the, in that we're the village idiot people. Yes. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, we're gonna explore every single episode of Patrick McGowan's sixties seminal surrealistic drama series, The Prisoner. As ever, I am well. I, pro- I am number six for the purposes of this introduction, Andrew Leyland, right. which means that as ever, I am joined by the butler, Paul Spataro.
1: I'm just thinking we're the village idiot people. We sing
0: MCYA. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: the supervisor, De uh, Pascal. I'm just spinning around here on my camera stand, and the new number two. Dr. Bill Robinson.
2: On today's programme, Across
0: Wavy Lines and a Mole. If I didn't give it away, if you've ever seen this before, we are talking today about the Schizoid Man. Not the episode of Star Trek The Next Generation of the same name, (laughs) but the episode of The Prisoner that originated that title and the writer of Star Trek The Next Generation stole that from do You believe Last. it or not. Yeah. I think he did it deliberately. I think he was, was a prisoner that, fan. Was that Ronald D. Moore? No, it was Uh, the guy who created sliders. Torme. Mel Torme? Ah, Tracy Torme. I was gonna say Lil Mel Mayled Frog. <laughs> Mel Torme was his dad, wasn't it? Really? Ah. Yes, I believe so. Who
2: says I, nepotism won't get you anywhere?
0: Well, it allows you to create a television show about parallel universes.
4: Who are you? You know who I am. For the last time, who are you? I am number six. Number six! 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 By what evil device and for what sinister purpose is the prisoner brought face to face with himself in The Schizoid Man? I have a very strong sense of identity. Sorry, I was forgetting, you're supposed to be me. That's right, except there's no supposed about it. Why don't we settle this like gentlemen? Who are
1: you? He's the one. He's number
0: six.
4: He's cracking number 12. I'm ashamed of what I did to number six yesterday. If I had a second chance, I want you to know that I wouldn't do it again. A beautiful girl relents, but is it too late to save the prisoner from himself in The Schizoid Man? The next dramatic episode of The Prisoner on this channel.
0: This one was written by Terence Feely. And my book does not have a directing credit. Does any of you remember who directed this one?
2: Uh, Give me a second. I have some things. It was not
0: Patrick McGowan. It was not Patrick McGowan. Uh, hmm.
1: It uh, it's directed by... I did see, I did see a director <laughs> credit, and it wasn't him, but it I don't says, know
0: what the name was. Pat Patrick Douglas Selms Jackson. Pat Jackson. Well done, yes. Action Jackson. Originally, I thought that was a pseudonym for Patrick McGowan again. Uh, but it, well, it turns huh. out that it wasn't but it could have been. It was originally broadcast on ITV on Friday, the 27th of October 1967, where it clocked up nearly 12 million viewers. And on CBS in the United States on Saturday, the 6th of July 1968, where it clocked up, I don't know, it doesn't say. Probably roughly the same, I would imagine.
2: I thought I read something in one of the things that this was one of the highest rated uh, episodes of the series.
0: All right. Cool. That's interesting. That's a neat bit of trivia. The TVI World synopsis runs thus. Number two puts into operation the most far-reaching effort yet to break the prisoner when Six's double is brought to the village. Face to face with him, the bewildered number six summons all his willpower to fight against the steadily mounting evidence that he is someone else, but finds that everything the double says provides Six with more confirmation that he is number 12 and simply imagining that he was once number six it's nice and complex isn't it Mm-hmm. i thought that was a nice little twist on the usual doppelganger episode because i do i am quite fond of doppelganger episodes uh that they were convincing him that he was the double <laughs> not the real guy so i thought that was quite cool
2: oh my god the first time i saw this i was like
0: whoa <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you turned into keanu reeves yes yes whoa. i was Dude, <laughs> but
2: uh, okay. I've been waiting to. I, I messaged this to you, Andy. Um, yes, yes yes, yes, yes. So, so you saw what I'm ta- talking about, right? In yes, the message? I did see that. Yeah. So, my, one of my favorite moments in this episode is when he wakes up and he gets out of bed, and he suddenly has a mustache. He's in a totally different room, <laughs> and the he doesn't do like a he does like a double triple take where he just, he's just spinning in a circle, he's like, what the, what the, (laughs) it was so, it's, I told Andy, I I was like, it's the, it's the physical equivalent of when David Tennant played Doctor Who, and, and we go, what, what, (laughs) but it's all done physically, not a word is said, but you can see the, the panic, and the sheer, what, what is going where am i i am so confused i mean did you did you guys love that too or is it just
1: me no that was
3: funny
1: he's he's usually so you know steady Uh uh-huh to see him thrown off was fun and then you know but he he like quickly came to his own conclusions which was kind of cool and uh you know, like like, like he, he didn't really seem he he never gave in to the uh, to the deception and started to doubt himself to speak of. I think he
2: did a little, but then he found other evidence that. You know, like the thing with the photograph with his fingernail, which I thought was a nice touch.
1: I mean, I do question some of the logistics of it, like, you know, to think, I, I know that, you know, obviously weeks went by, but to train somebody to, to go from right-handed to left-handed, I don't think it's quite as easy as they made it seem. But they gave you, you know, kind of a plausible thing where they'd give them the shock treatment and all. I just think, you know, there's a factor of muscle memory with things that... It, it's not you know. It's not so easy to have you just sitting there and you know you're laying in bed and they're poking you with a stick and that's going to make you left-handed. Yeah, but they're uh, pumping them full of drugs and everything else. I mean, it's the village. They've got the means. They've got the time. They've got the means. And They got the beer. Yep, that's what
0: I was thinking.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, there, there were things about it that if you if you you know, thought about it too hard, you'd say, well, I, I don't know if that would work or not. But it wasn't even like, oh, this is ridiculous. It could never be done. It's just, I'm not so sure. You know, you're sitting there scratching your head. Uh, but but from a, a, a con- concept point of view, or conceptual point of view, it really stayed with me. Like, I just thought it was so cool the way they did it and, you know, how they were trying t- to play him. I'm not sure exactly what their end game was, to be totally <laughs> honest. I don't know what they thought he'd give up with with this plan but i just well this is i just i just kind of rode with it and thought it was cool
2: up to now this is the most i want to say intricate and one that is in a fear of actually breaking him because up until now it's been like oh you know oh we can't break him you know we don't want him to be shattered we want to get him over to our side and now it's like yeah screw it but what would you break him to do at this point You, you think all of a sudden he just starts spilling his guts well, that's what he, when he goes to the other number six. He's kind of when he's, you know, faking it. And you're like, well, I don't know who I am. You know, oh, well, well tell me. Tell me, you know, why did you resign? Let me call number two so he can get in on this.
3: That's what I it guess. keeps coming back to. Is why did he
1: resign? I guess, I guess the thought is, you know, I, I think, you know, it's once again them kind of underestimating him. But them thinking that he, he would be weak enough to just start regurgitating information because he's confused and i don't think that's the character we have i think they just want to break him they just want
2: the answer that i think feel that if he answers that that they think i know that they know that if he answers that one question that he refuses to answer that they'll be able to after that they've they've unlocked the door and they'll be able to do or get whatever they want I mean, what an intricate plan.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think it's one of the more devious attempts they make to break him. Because like Paul said, there's no actual, there's no scene in it where they really do the whole, why did you resign, tell us everything about it, that they've done in previous episodes. Mm -hmm. Number two is clearly aiming to disorientate him as much as he can with the view that once he starts questioning who he is, and let's be honest, if the show's about anything, it's about identity. Once he starts questioning his identity, maybe he will start opening up a little bit. But it see, it, the the thing with me was it, it, they don't do any plastic surgery or anything to the guy who looks like number six. He just happens to look like him. <laughs> Which I, th- that was the only bit of it that I thought, well, that was a bit coincidental. Like if they've established that they changed his face or whatever.
1: I yeah, we just have two agents who look exactly alike. Yeah,
0: what? We have what? two agents who look the spitting image of each other, but one's got black hair. That flapjack, was, that was, Charlie. Yeah, that was the only <laughs> bit about this. And what? Are, they're not flapjacks; they're pancakes. Well, yeah, that's what I was a little confused about. That I was like,
2: I was going to ask you what 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 is a flapjack? Isn't that a pancake? I thought
0: they were like kind of synonymous. No, a flapjack is like an oaty biscuit. Huh. And you can you can cover it with like chocolate or white chocolate or caramel or whatever, but it's like a, a little we've had one I've had one today. I had one when we just took the dog out for a while when I bought a coffee. It's like it's an oats, it's made of oats and nuts and stuff. I mean I've it, heard the term
2: flapjack over here and then I thought it was always like a Let me see what happens when I type in flapjack. It, this better not send me to some nasty porn
0: site. No no, it's it's not. It is is literally just like an oaty biscuit and it's it's quite nice with the coffee. Oh, because, yeah, that's, yeah, it looks like a, it looks like a, like a, yes, it, yeah, exactly the way you described it. Yeah,
2: so it's, like. It's a baked bar cooked in flat, in a flat oven tin and cut into squares, in rectangles, made from rolled oats, fat, fat, oh, wow, I'm there. You know Brown what, I'm sugar made from rolled oats and fat. <laughs> and usually golden syrup. The snack, yeah. oh, the snack is similar to the North American granola bar. Yeah, oh. it looks like a granola bar.
0: Yeah oh well i did not get the breakfast being called a flapjack i did not because i'm like was it called a flapjack in the 60s well then there's
2: another one here that says fluffy flapjack pancakes maybe it's a type of things that are in the batter it could be maybe that's the uh yeah
0: that's very true it's also worth pointing out that the main guest star jane merrow Uh you may recognize jane merrow do you recognize jane merrow Yes, I I do not. Okay. Uh, Jane Merrow is obviously a British actor. She was 24, 25 when she filmed this. She went over to the States in the late 1960s and throughout the late 60s, 70s and 80s appeared in pretty much every television show we watch. She was in Mission Impossible, Erwolf, the $6 million man, the bionic woman, I think she was in the bionic woman, Magnum P.I., the greatest American hero. She did all of them before coming back in the 90s and semi-retiring, but she still works in films. Her most recent credit in um, on IMDb is 2022. And she recently, within the past year to 18 months, did another film with Lee Majors. She,
2: she was in my uh, one of my favourite episodes of The Six Million Dollar Man, which was The, um, the Death yeah, Probe. Yeah, she's,
0: she's the Russian agent, isn't she?
2: Yeah. She's, in yeah. The Death
0: Probe episodes, yeah.
2: And then she was in... And the movie that i've yet to be able to find anywhere although i haven't i guess i could try to buy it but i don't know if i want to see it that much is uh the horror at thirty seven thousand feet i think i mentioned that i might have mentioned that to you guys before yep. this is just the one letter one line blurb on the movie an invisible demon in the cargo hold of a jet airliner terrorizes the passengers but the movie has chuck connors buddy absin and william shatner as a catholic priest
0: yeah, <laughs> I, I, I may. We'll have to see if we can find that on archive.org.
2: I looked, but I couldn't find it. I couldn't get the right
0: search. Uh... Yeah, it is. You've got to think extremely laterally to find mm. stuff on archive sometimes, but mostly everything is there. So it was nice to see Jane Merrow. I am confused as to why she's allowed to have a name. Yes, that is something
2: that there's only very few people that are ever allowed to actually have uh, the uh, the one we saw with the Russian agent lady. Nadia, right? Mm, that was yeah. name. like she, She's a big fan. Yes, she's one of the only other people that actually gets a, allowed to have a name. Mm. But then was that just a, a thing between him and her? Or she wasn't because she was still number 24. So was it just that she gave him her name
0: i don't know possibly but i i, I, I don't recall I really anyone else ever saying they have a name yeah hmm. because if you think about it nadia has just arrived so right. she's still very much herself it doesn't seem like Alison's a new arrival yeah So uh,
2: I saw some criticism of her acting in this episode that she was very wooden, but I didn't really I didn't think You so. that either. I was kind of like, really? I think that's kind of harsh.
0: I didn't, I didn't think she was bad at all. No, I thought she was, given her young age, when I looked it up, she was only about 25 when she made this. I thought she was perfectly fine.
3: Yeah. And
0: I, I liked the fact that the relationship between the two of them was very much friends. Yes, Given that she yes. was a good fifteen years younger than Patrick McGowan, uh, he he. It says in the script there was some kind of physical intimacy, and McGowan said no, she I'm far too old for her, and so they rewrote that so there was none of that left in the script. Good, good for him. Yes, good mm-hmm. for him. So that was. It was nice. To, she's also in one of the better episodes of UFO, the responsibility seat. Hmm. If you remember that one, hmm. she tries. She's a reporter who's trying to uncover. The secrets of shadow and she ends up trying to seduce commander straker so that goes about as well as you would imagine <laughs> uh, are we going to discuss number two yes uh, i was just
2: gonna um i was just i had tried to th- well, <coughs> for allison I, I had tried to think of other replacements for her um she at the time <laughs> at the time i i thought maybe a. Uh, you know, a younger Helen Murin or if it was today, maybe a Sandra Bullock.
0: I think you've just got the hearts for Helen Murren.
2: Well, yeah, of course I do. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> I don't care how old she is. Uh, <clears throat> anyway. Um, oh, yeah, since I steal everybody's number two, <clears throat> uh, make what you will of that. I'll let you guys go.
3: Ah! <laughs> Who does? number two work for who
4: does number two
3: work for that's right buddy you show
1: that turn who's boss
0: (laughs) okay right my thinking with this was was quite esoteric and it was solidified listening to another podcast this morning but anton rogers who plays number two in this episode is a serious dramatic actor who ultimately went on to be better known for being in sitcoms and in the eighties and nineties he ended up starring in a number of successful sitcoms, May to December, about a relationship between an older man and a younger woman. And Fresh Fields and its sequel, French Fields, where they moved to France. Oh, where did they come <laughs> up with these ideas? So he's a serious actor who ended up being best known for comedy. So that led me down the route of at the time, Leslie Nielsen. Because I oh. think it would have been fun to see Leslie Nielsen do this, because at this point he wasn't a comic actor. He was a serious actor so he could have and I always like to think how well they play off McGowan because McGowan looks like an actor who will eat you up and spit you out if you can't go toe to toe with him and I was thinking it would be fun to see Leslie Nielsen try and do that and if we're doing it today, big Liam Neeson
1: Very very different than that Uh, for past, you know i guess current for when they did this i had roddy mcdowell
0: oh i'd love to seen roddy mcdowell
1: i just i could see him just doing the kind of the calm putting the thing into effect and and never seeming to actually have any kind of you know like just no affect that's affected by it I, i don't know i i just i definitely see that as a as a match and for current day I had you Laurie
3: Oh yeah <laughs> For me I just picked one I picked uh, Ronnie Cox oh, oh
0: These are all excellent choices I like that, every single one of these choices
3: <clears throat> I kept getting the vibe over
0: uh, uh, Jellico
3: No not even Jellico From that uh Total
0: Recall.
1: That Arnold. Oh looked. yeah. Oh yeah. Recall. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool, yeah. cool, cool. Recall. Don't go there. Oh. <laughs> I think um, if I was, was going to get a part in the, in that movie, that's the part I would have gotten. The uh, coworker <laughs> tells him not to go there. Yeah, if that guy gets killed. Yeah, I know that that would have been the part they would have given me. Uh, okay. Um, I've
2: contemporary. I couldn't come up with one. Current day. Um, I was thinking the person that I could see playing this in a more subdued role with, with a little bit of the menace at at the end or like, like, Oh yeah, you were so close would be David Tennant. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, I I think every single person who's played Dr. The doctor could be a good number two. I think all of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Across the board. I'd love to see Tom Baker do it at some point, Mm. but I'll, I'll have to think of who would, who he would have been a good replacement for. But, yeah, Tennant would certainly be a good two. Tennant would actually be a good six. Oh. I think he's one of the few who could probably pull off that level of intensity. Maybe Eccleston could have pulled that off as well. Do you think Michael Sheen could play six? Eccleston no, Michael Sheen's four? a bit too affable, do you not think? Mm. You need an edge to be six, and Tennant can do edge. Hmm. Tenant can do. He did something called Secret Smile, where he's this manipulative boyfriend, and he's an evil piece of shit in it. (laughs) And he's so good at it. So, like, I, I, I would buy, but I would also buy that as being a characteristic of Number Six. I think there's there's very few people I think are as good as Magooan is in this, but I think Tenant could pull it off. And this time he plays a dual role. Role, yes, which is always twelve.
1: Well, didn't, didn't Tennant play the purple man in Jessica uh, Jones? I mean, oh, he was yeah, awesome yeah. in that. Yeah. yeah,
0: Yes, he was. He was very good in that. The The split screenings come a long way in 50 years, hasn't it? It wasn't yeah, too well, bad. I mean, you, you
2: could sometimes, you know, you could see a little bit You there, could literally see oh, the John it. in the
1: film, dude. Stop it. Unfortunately, it, it, it reminded <laughs> me of one of those sitcom episodes where they had the, you know, oh, this is the ant that I haven't seen in 20 years, but she looks exactly like me. It's the parent trap. It
3: it would have been better if they left the mustache on him. That and the clothes that were the opposite colors. It would have been good number six and evil number six. (laughs)
0: Because he does a good job of playing number 12 and differentiating the two between them. I thought that was quite a decent performance, especially given that, again, you're acting against yourself. So you've got no one to work Mm -hmm. against, really. So all that was interesting. I do wonder where that white jacket came from. Well, um, yeah. (laughs) So they they made that deliberately for number 12. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I mean, talk about signposting it.
2: I think this is the first, the first time I ever heard the, uh, the difference in the boxing styles when I, because, you know, I was was like,
1: like, I was like, oh, what's that? You know, oh, oh, fighting left-handed is southpaw. Oh, interesting. That reminded me of the Princess Bride when he says, "You know something you do not know? I am not left-handed. <laughs> Neither am I. <laughs>
0: well, I." I like that. That was very in character as well because we've seen in other episodes that he was top of his class in boxing, mm-hmm. fencing, and woodwork.
1: I just figured that meant he went out the day after Christmas and gave stuff away. He did. That's what we do. So
0: that's that your was boxing. That's our box, yeah. He wanted he wanted according to the book, there's a nineteen fifty two version of the prisoner of Zender where the actor walks around himself in dual roles in Magoo and McGoon wanted to do that. And the producers basically had to say to him, Yeah, Pat they had a film budget. <laughs> so he just well, had apparently to be really
2: there was a, careful. Something else I read that there was a few more action scenes in this, but you know, they had to cut things down. Um I mean, we, we saw a little bit of action where he fights the, uh, you know, of course, we figure out, oh, yeah, you've been given the wrong password.
0: <laughs> Gemini. Gemini. Nope. I, okay. loved, I love I stuff like when the password is so obvious. Schizoid, man. Yeah. I mean, my, my thing with this one is we've seen that Six is very good at thinking on his feet. And we've seen that he's very good at bullshitting, which presumably you have to be good at as a spy because you may end up in situations where your life literally depends on you being able to convince people that you are not who you are or you are who you say you are, which isn't who you really are. But I felt at the end of this one, he made far too many mistakes, which I thought was a little bit out of character for him. Well, He'd he'd have made me suspicious in the way when he when he, he took chances like saying well it was your idea he doesn't know <laughs> that yeah he did not know that this was number two's idea this could have been an idea that was foisted upon him by the higher ups and as it turns out that is the case so he should really have just kept his mouth shut there but it was it was obvious the susan thing was going to be what brings him down
3: he would have been better off to be pissed off at the other guy yeah this is what's going to break up our friendship i don't want to talk anymore to you yeah I,
0: i'm not going to talk now until i've been debriefed and put my side of the story across because uh, he did he made too many tiny little mistakes which seemed out of character for him
2: yeah but ev- even being the best spy you could be there's no way he would know you know spoiler the twist at the end is that the yeah guy's- it's about the guy's wife, but he doesn't know that number 12's wife actually died. So
0: Yeah, but that's, that's all that was needed. I think for a show True. as smart as this one, they telegraph it too much. I think Paul's right. He should have kept what he said very minimal because that's what he's done in previous situations where he's been in this situation. Mm-hmm. And he should have not said very much at all. And the only thing it should have been was give my love to Susan. And we've already seen that he's looked in the wallet and seen the picture of Susan. And he said, I will. And that should have been the thing that gave it all away. Because like you say, there's no way he could know that Susan is dead. Mm-hmm. So that, that he's got caught there on something that he could not possibly have been able, able to blag his way out of. Whereas the other things, even number two started to raise a little eyebrow at the things that he's saying. And he's running off at the mouth too much and giving himself away. And I, I felt that was a little bit out of character for him.
2: Oh, uh, something that's also brought up. There's a mention of
0: uh, the general. Yes, there is. Which we might see next episode. We might. I would. So does this one come after that one then, in filming order then?
2: Uh, I don't know about in filming order, but in the viewing order that we're using, it is... Uh, hold on, let me look at the other... My my other stuff. The normal viewing order. It does come after in the normal viewing order. Right. The general so, would be next.
0: So maybe they're setting that up more than anything. Let me have a look in my book because that's in film in order. Oh, no, the general was filmed four episodes later. Hmm. All right, okay. So fair enough. Huh. Uh, the only other interesting note in the book is the date of November 10th.
2: Yeah, it's if like
0: 1965. It yeah, it would have actually been 1965, not 1967. So they made a bit of a cock-up, though. I don't know why they didn't check that. It could, would have been easy to look at a calendar, I presume, and go, well, this year, that's, that's not the date that went to... That, that date was on a Wednesday, so let's just change that line of dialogue. Okay. But so apparently no one bothered. If he had never
2: by chance, bumped his fingernail and got that wicked bruise on his finger, would he have broke? Nope. It just would have been draw, drawn out. But, but yeah. that's what allows him to start
0: realizing. Yes. I, I think that solidifies it in his head. No, I am who I say I am. Without like that, Popeye. it would... Yeah, I am <laughs> what I am without that he would have twigged it and it would have been a longer process but again this one's about identity as a lot of the show is and he is very confident in who he is as a person so ultimately i don't think this would have broke him as clever an idea as it was and i did like that number two was very low-key in this and i love his going along with stuff like um, when when six says number six Oh, yes, well done. You're already in character. Cool is, <laughs> All of that stuff. I thought Hunter Rogers was a really nice low-key number two. He doesn't overplay it. He doesn't come across as menacing. But the that ending where he says, Susan died, number six. I thought that was just really charmingly delivered. I think there's
1: like an undercurrent of menacing, though. Yeah. That it's, was, it's, it's not, very you know, good. It's, it's not he's not a mustache there and that's that's kind of what i was thinking when i pictured roddy mcdowell in the role that i thought he could pull that off
0: yeah that's what yeah that's what i meant He's, he's he is the bad guy but he's very good at it anton rogers and for somebody who'd grown up with him as a sitcom actor that's what he was known as it was quite it was quite refreshing to see him in this
2: so how do you uh what do you guys think of how he broke broke
1: his programming that seemed a little too convenient that's like oh you know he got hit on the head and he lost his memory if you hit him on the head again (laughs) it'll come back (laughs) well do you do you
2: you know what he did right he shocked himself right but why did that work like why did that shock well one the the lamp was having some type of electrical reason and he grabs a pipe why did he grab a pipe that because that could have been a gas line or i think it was a gas line um, or you could have grabbed the water pipe.
3: What to ground himself?
2: Yes, exactly. As, as an electrician, that's why I was like, oh yeah, that would work. Yeah. Or it could work. And then of course he shocks himself. Ah! And then he comes up and he knocks the box off the thing and he
1: catches it in his right hand. So I would have said, I know I've been treated like this, but I'm not shocking myself. I'll just stay this way. <laughs> Which is why I would never be a spy.
2: Andy, does the book say anything that he had to do? Like, because I'm assuming he's Patrick McGowan is not naturally left-handed.
0: It doesn't mention it, anything about that. I don't know whether maybe he's ambidextrous.
2: Because I watched it to, like, I paid it. Like, I watched this three times, and last night Watch I was paying. Times. <laughs> I was paying more attention to like how he was like per, purposely holding his right hand back and, mm. and you know like like from being shocked or or whatever and then uh they put they put something like so if you shove a piece of like metal in a in a cigar <laughs> will that make you cough <laughs> like they put i, I, I assume there was more it, to
1: it than just metal i assume there was some sort of like uh, mechanism like <coughs> or like, it was you know something in there that had some sort chemical. of carcinogen on it or something yeah. that, you know that would make him cough
0: that's
3: kind well, of the right hand they
0: get it the,
3: the I, right I hand left th- the hand <laughs> they could have just flipped the negative too right
0: yeah although we'd, we'd have noticed that the pattern in his toe was the wrong side wouldn't we? i would Unless notice the hole was, was the on hands. the wrong wrist yeah they'd have noticed that as well so
3: so much for that cheap theory <laughs> I did find it amusing that they uh, shock-treated him to flip, you know, left to right. And we open up with a scene where she's uh, mind-reading the cards and not getting shocked.
1: But does, oh, uh, from, uh, from Ghostbusters. <laughs> does, does the fact that she knows he has the mole on his wrist, I mean, that's not like an intimate part of your body, but it just just to know his body that well to be aware that he has the mole there. Does that imply a
2: level of intimacy? No, because he was no. often holding the cards up, and it was on that hand that he would hold the cards up. So his jacket would be pulled back, and you would see it. And as for as many times as they supposedly did this, that's plausible. I mean, it's on his wrist. It's not like she said he has a mole on his ass cheek.
3: <laughs> that would have been more entertaining. <laughs>
1: I think I would. I think um, I would have laughed if that in, had his,
3: been. in his inner thigh. And nothing. that would have been perfect to have Leslie Nielsen as number two.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's another I, episode where you don't hear number two in the opening credits. Ah, uh,
2: I saw a picture of number two in there. Yeah, you
0: see a picture. Oh, that's picture right. from the Episode. I thought yes, but no, he doesn't it. do the voiceover.
2: Hmm.
1: And I think this is the first time Rover is actually named in an episode. I think what yes, got him. Yeah, I, th- I think I. From what I heard, I think that's the only time he's ever named. And Rover's deactivated. Yes, yes. Now, now, is it? Is it plausible that <laughs> Rover <laughs> would kill the wrong guy?
5: Sure. Yeah, Rover don't care. Okay, I just think, You know the.
1: the I don't know. The guy gave the
2: password. I mean, oh, okay. Well, well, the first guy gave the password. He's the one that should know it. I'm not going to believe the second guy because he just heard the first guy say it. You're dead. (laughs) You're dead. Plus, now, I think what would have been better is there was something in the fake mole that like a transmitter to tell who the real one was so that was why rover attacked the other guy and nothing to do with the password because i don't i don't know about you but i don't see the ears on rover but then i don't see any mechanisms either i still think rover is a great idea it's so
0: simple that it's brilliant yeah i, I want to know how you shut down a balloon though do you just pop it <laughs> 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 And then you've got all those little baby Rovers and the, the mum's just been killed and, oh, that's not very nice.
2: Pull one out for Rover. Hmm. Rover took over.
0: Yes. Uh, <laughs> overall, it's also another one that there is no uh, location footage in Port Marion. All the Port Marion stuff is stock footage from other episodes. Hmm. Nice role for the uh, butler in this one.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, hello! Come His on, Butler Animusus. Now,
3: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a jack of all treads. See, I was under the distinct impression that Allison was in on the whole thing from the beginning.
2: Uh, well, they coerced her, obviously, at some point, to betray Number Six. But I don't know.
0: That one, yeah. Is- that's ambiguous, isn't it? yeah because I don't, I don't know I don't know what I think about that on the one hand, I don't want her to have been in on it, but on the other, it probably makes sense that she was I don't know about from the beginning, but she she we
2: we know she obviously betrayed him because uh you know well, she, she expressed has that, her guilt at yes yes she she talks about that, which. To me, that even gives him away some more that she's standing there. Like, why would she come to say goodbye to number 12, to Flapjack Charlie? That, to me, didn't really make... I was like, mm, you know, you she, go away. You're giving me away. Piss off. Mm. Uh, let's see.
3: Mm. And for me, once again, it's the Gilligan's Island vibe that he gets so (laughs) close to getting off the island.
0: Before we wind him back. So his last
2: name is Curtis. And number two calls him Flapjack Charlie. So is that implied that his name is Charles is Charlie Curtis? Whose initials would be CC, which would be carbon copy.
3: Oh, Uh, oh, very good.
2: I didn't come up with that. I, I read that somewhere. I was like, take credit, uh, though. Yeah, take the credit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, this is other things is one major detraction from the otherwise outstanding place uh, piece is that it features the the first bad actor in the series. Okay, there's the pilot and many happy returns and another person. I won't say in another episode, but Jane Morrow as Allison is one of the more wooden performances in the show. I'm like, what?
0: I thought she was fine.
3: She was also one of the most attractive women we've had in the show. Yes, uh, yes, yes.
0: Yes, I do agree. Well, go and watch that UFO episode. You see a lot of her. Oh, okay. What's the name of that one again? The Responsibility Seat.
2: Okay. I think that's all on uh, the uh, archive.org, too, if I remember. Yes,
0: right. Aussie Space yes. 1919
2: Yeah. Anyway. Well, so you guys have any other, uh, I mean, I know Andy and I have been touting this for a while. Uh, you guys got any other, I mean, did it live up to the hype that we were pumping it up with?
1: Yes. I think it did. I, I really enjoyed watching this one. I, I got a big kick out of it. I was able to kind of get by the sitcom level of the two duplicates uh, and and the way they, you know, <laughs> the way they, they would film it to try and show that. Uh, but the story itself intrigued me. The level that they went to to try and deceive him kind of had me going. So I, I really enjoyed this overall. I thought this was an excellent episode as will be uh shown with my score
3: well that meme you sent the other day where uh says yes commissioner yeah, yeah. <laughs> <number 12 laughs> on the red phone yeah. i thought we could replace him with gary oldman it would have been perfect
0: oh yeah mm-hmm. especially with his commissioner garden Yeah. yeah <laughs>
5: I guess, guess it's
1: up. time to rate it.
5: Uh,
0: oh, I was, I was, I was just, just going to go. I'm going to go five out of six. It's not a great episode of The Prisoner, as The Prisoner is, but it's a great episode in and of itself. If that makes any sense, it is supremely enjoyable. And Patrick McEwen's brilliant, because he's always brilliant. But it's got a really good number two, and it's really got a good central conceit of trying to... They don't just do the doppelganger thing. They make him think he's not six. And that's that's the twist on the usual evil twin episode, if that's what you're going to go for um so i i did thoroughly enjoy it and i even like the stuff like going you can see the lie where they've stuck the film together that's fun as well but overall it's just another fun generally fun romp and Magoon's brilliant in it in both roles yeah i'm, I'm gonna
1: agree with pretty much everything you said except honestly i really really enjoyed this a lot so
3: i'm giving it a six
0: yeah that's fair enough
3: I uh, gave it a five as well I, I, You know, it takes an idea that w- When you hear it in concept It's like, oh, there's a groan Because you picture I'm Captain Kirk Yeah <laughs> But it was done I mean, really, it was done In a unique And good, you know a, a unique and effective way, let's say As opposed to All the other programming That has done the same idea from uh, Star Trek to the Dukes of Hazard.
5: Mm.
3: So uh I gave it a five. I thought it was great.
2: I will give it five point five triple double takes and that uh <laughs> what? <the> point what? <laughs> exactly. What? Exactly. Because that extra point five is just for that whole scene where he gets out of bed and just is spinning and just looking everywhere and like, why do I have a mustache? Why where what room am I in? What's going on? Who am I? And it's funny, the whole time he's fighting to prove that he's number six. Or well, in his mind, but but you know, it's like, I'm number six. Oh, and uh like like he passes to people, you know, so everybody in the village, you know, oh hello number twelve. Why do you call me number twelve? Well that's what you're that's what you were the last time I saw you. Ha 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 Yes, 5.5
3: Could you picture what the meetings are like Without number 6 Like last week Okay, everybody, we're just going to leave the village Take what you need We're emptying out town This week, he's not number 6 anymore
2: (laughs) He's number 12 If he has a mustache, he's number 12
3: What? It's like that movie uh, Guarding Tess where she's the first lady and they're coming into the store and it's like, does she want to be known this week? She don't want to be known.
1: (laughs) So that's what we all thought. What do you think Blaine said? Do we have a song? I thought Andy took over the singing
2: duties.
0: Yeah, I (laughs) I thought it was Walton.
2: Oh, just for one
0: Just for one, that's it
2: okay, uh,
0: well, bl- What, 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 for what? One, oh. one for Blaine But no one else is going to get that Because it's a Shy horse's song so. well, yeah, um, hmm. It will we'll do, do in a pinch
2: Bl-bl-blain, Blaine, 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 Blaine Blaine, Blaine, Blaine What does he say? Say, I'm trying to sing it to the Prisoner theme yeah, That's
1: I'm I'm trying to think of, like, the theme
0: song. If you remember, it was the TV show in
1: the, uh, I guess, in the 60s, the Patty Duke show, where she played herself and her cousin from England. Oh, yeah. And the the theme song was something like, but they're cousins, identical cousins in every way. Something (laughs) like that. And I'm trying to think of how to work Blaine into it. (laughs) You know, we
2: could just say the word Blaine over, like, any TV, you know, like uh, Gilligan's Island bla blaine 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 blaine
1: blaine blaine blaine's blaine's name is melodical melodic, excuse me, I think I made up a word
5: melodic Blaine. do blaine said, hi guys, last week, I voiced my concerns about the filler episodes. We now have two episodes in a row in our two filler episodes that set major filmmaking challenges. Last week we had 30 minutes with no English-language dialogue. This week we have number six interacting with an on-screen double in ways that are more convincing than the same tricks done even 20-30 to years later. The only one that worked really well prior to the last decade or so was an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, but they had the actor's twin brother play as double, so I don't think that counts. My only concern is a small one. Once again, he seems to have chosen to trust someone else in the village. In this case, it's Allison. Of course, it's possible that he didn't actually trust her in the beginning. He may have had other motives. She is beautiful. Later, when he asks her to verify his identity, it might have been more about desperation than trust. For the rest, the plot seems to have had a good chance at breaking him using some Pavlovian conditioning. In case any listeners aren't aware, Pavlov was a psychiatrist who studied conditioning in such detail that, for most of his life, he was unable to hear a bell ring without thinking about feeding his dogs. I still have all sorts of questions that we are obviously supposed to have, but now I'm starting to look forward to the filler episodes as much as I was looking forward to the Core 7. The next episode, The General, is listed as Episode 6 on iTunes. I, uh...
1: I'm not sure that they did the... Filming better than all these other episodes, but I'm I'm having a tough time thinking of more recent ones where the technology advanced to the point where it where it was much better. But I'm sure there's some out there. Certainly, I can think about in movies, and the one that jumps out to me is uh, in ter- Terminator Two, where uh, they hired uh, the twins to play the the guards.
0: Yeah, uh, but so they, they, they could have both them on the screen, and then they had Linda perfect. Hamilton's
1: twin sister I also. Just there.
0: I was going to say that Linda Hamilton's sisters in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Which is a which is the trick he's on about with Buffy where they use Nick Brendan's twin brother to pull off the split screen effects.
1: But that's a big budget movie so I don't know that I want to uh use Terminator 2 to 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 compete with this. I'm trying to think of a more recent TV show besides Buffy but I'm like I said I'm coming up blank but I'm sure there's some examples out there. Anyway, I guess if that's it, the question is what are we doing next time? Next time on an all new the village people.
2: Is it a captain? Is it a colonel? Maybe it's the general. And we just might learn something too.
4: Oh, wait, wrong general.
3: Watch the screen.
4: We're going to cover it in 15 seconds flat. Watch TV was the sinister command, a command that must be obeyed. But what was the appalling secret behind this strange entertainment? Number six out of vision. Scan. Scan. In the village from which there is no escape, the prisoner finds himself locked in a desperate struggle against an evil, intangible force known as the General. as a professor cooperating i've given him some sedation has he been overdoing it too probably a bit excited you know your husband my dear this speed line he's as enthusiastic as a child now he's sleeping like a babe he's not to be disturbed i wouldn't dream of it get out stop him can the prisoner destroy a tyrannical system before it destroys him find out in the prisoner's next adventure on this
3: channel
1: all right that'll do it bye bye everyone is seeing you I'm seeing you who are you
0: the village people who are the supervisor Paul Spataro the chess master Dave Pascarella rover Dr. Bill Robinson and Andrew Leyland as the butler the
3: village people investigating the prisoner.